everybody! Welcome or welcome back to B&B Anime. I am Blue. Today I'm here with the... It's been a while since I've done this and I have to come up with a... Uh, what is it? Adjective? Ad yeah, adjective. Um, <laughs> with the... Um, <laughs> caffeinated? My phone just went. Hello phone, what do you want? Go on... You're on vibrate. I need to like turn it on silent. I put it on top of a metal tin because that's great. So then when it vibrates, it's totally not going to reverberate throughout the room and pick up on my mic, is it? <laughs> don't people don't people know you're in a meeting now? I am busy. Go away. <laughs> Do not disturb. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, hi, I'm Brad. I don't get an adjective this week. <laughs> you got caffeinated, didn't you? Did, or did I not say that out loud and just thought it in my brain? You might have said that. I don't I don't remember. My brain is still stuck on the part to where y'all can get Fruitopia whatever you want and I can't. And that makes me sad. <laughs> yeah. So this is something that Brad and I was talking about before we hit record. And then I was like, hey, shouldn't we be recording this weirdo tangent that we're having anyways? So <laughs> we, we recorded halfway through a tangent. But yeah. We, uh. <laughs> Talking about the fact that here in Canada, I can get my hands on Fruitopia, uh, and it's just like a regular fruit juice drink thing that you get like when you pick up your orange juice, but it's been phased out in the US or is like slowly being phased out, and Brad misses it. I do miss it, because I haven't been able to have it in a decade. Because mm -hmm. we used to be able to buy it during lunch in high school, my freshman and sophomore year, and then it got phased out, and I've never seen it since. And that makes me so sad, because I love this stuff. Mm -hmm. What and, was your favorite uh, flavor? Just the regular fruit just punch regular. one. Yeah. Now, I did enjoy the kiwi, and I did enjoy the blueberry, but just the regular one was just timeless. Mm -hmm. And the Minute Maid fruit punch one just doesn't compare. So it Makes rude. me sad. So rude. Makes me so sad. <laughs> But yeah, so how's your week been? Week's been pretty busy, actually. I've had a pretty intense week. Um, lots of paperwork and banking and, you know, boring adult stuff. Which is, oh, fun stuff. Yeah, I know. So fun. Uh, and then physiotherapy. And I went snowboarding this week as well. Oh, so I bet you're all banged up and bruised up a little bit. Yeah, I have some new bruise accompaniments. And then I have a lot of new bruise accompaniments because uh, at physiotherapy today, my physiotherapist <laughs> did like the cupping thing. Oh, so you're bruised to shit then. Yeah, I got some really good ones all down my neck and shoulders and back and my right arm. So I will never understand how you bruise as easily as you do. I still remember the bruise you got from whenever you got your blood pressure taken. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the seam of the blood pressure, like, wrap, I don't know, what's that called? Like, the, the bandage thing, the thing they put around to puff up. I don't know what that section is called. The poofy thing. thing, anyway. The poofy <laughs> thing. Um, yeah, the seam where it, like, overlapped and it creased. Mm -hmm. Left these huge like blood blisters down the back of my arm. I said broad pictures, and yeah, they were they were pretty intense. <laughs> yeah, so blue is very fragile. There's a reason on her Twitch stream we had to make a special command of just wrapping her in bubble wrap because mm -hmm. that's that's what's necessary here. Yeah, yeah, but like I I don't know why I bruise so easily. I guess I I have really like I'm very pale, so I think that that helps. Um, but like. Yeah, I don't know. I've, none of my, the rest of my family bruises as easy as I do. I just have, like, easily, more easily damaged tissue than everyone else. Like, I get scars really easy and, um, 
Yeah, I bruise super easy. You are small bean. I am small bean. <laughs> yeah, no, but like it's it's probably a symptom of something to do with my hypermobility. Maybe. Yeah. Because if what had happened to me had happened to you, then I could only imagine because I absolutely destroyed my fingers the other day. Oh. So I was walking out of the barn to get more firewood and I and whenever I say I slammed, I mean I slammed the door on my fingers. I've done that. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, it's no fun. And I Your your experience with that was worse than mine if I remember correctly. Yeah, this is a story. Um <laughs> so when I was like, I don't know, I must have been like 9, I guess. Um I had gone around a friend's house and I went on their trampoline and I'd never been on a trampoline before and I like fell over funny and I just like bent my fingers back in a weird way and so uh it was like a few days later and it was still hurting me so my mum was like well we'll just take you to your GP and we'll just get them to have a look at them and see if we need to strap them for a little bit or whatever because it was like at the time I was like really into I think I was on my rock climbing phase at the time, so I needed my hands. I can't remember if it was rugby or rock climbing. Either way, it was one of, I was doing a sport and and I needed my hands. And so my mom was like, we'll just take you to your GP and see if there's anything we can do. And so I was getting out of the car in front of the hospital and I slam the car door and it shuts on my thumb and the nail goes black immediately. And I'm screaming, I'm nine. It's very painful. And so they, my mom rushes me into the emergency room section as opposed to into like go see my GP where I was supposed to go. And the emergency room doctor was like, we have to drill a hole through the nail to relieve the blood pressure that is underneath the nail because there's like a buildup of blood and that's going to hurt a lot more if we don't relieve that pressure. So he like had a couple nurses like hold down my flailing arm because I'm in pain and I don't want them to get like... The thing about it is, is that you think like in medicine where they have like a medical drill, it's going to look like some fancy pristine like medical thing no it's freaking drill it's just a drill <laughs> i was gonna say i'm assuming that there's actual no such thing and it's like they went down to home depot and got a drill with a really sharp point and they're like all right hold still <laughs> honestly pretty much like it's what it looks like is they're they're really like i don't know it feels very archaic. I know they're like trained to use them in very different ways, and I'm sure there are differences between them and Home Depot drills, but they look like Home Depot drills. And um <laughs> and so I thought this this dude that I'd never met before because he wasn't my regular doctor was just gonna freaking drill a hole through my thumb. And he did. Well, not through my thumb, but through the nail. Worst part about it was was that there was no buildup of blood on the underside of my nail. It had just bruised because I bruised so easy, but it looked like, because I bruised so easy, there was a huge buildup of blood underneath the nail, and that's what was causing me so much pain. But it didn't. It was just severe bruising. And the my skin is so translucent that the buildup of blood was actually in my thumb and not under the nail. Mm-hmm. Um... And so when he drilled a hole through my nail, it did nothing. So he just drilled a hole through my nail for no reason, in my mind. I mean, obviously he had a reason as a doctor, but in my child mind, I'm like, why the hell did you do that? It did nothing. And then I got in trouble for it when I went back to school. 
Did I tell you that part of the story? Yes, you did. (laughs) About how you just so happened to go to school the next day and y'all were using markers and your marker ran out of ink and your teacher snapped at you. Yeah, she was like, well, if you didn't color in your fingernails, then it wouldn't, you you wouldn't have ran out of ink. And I'm like, but I didn't. (laughs) My nail is just black because I slapped it in the car door. And the instant regret. Oh, yeah, she felt so bad about it. Like now as an adult, I look back on it and I'm like, oh my God, that's... I would feel really bad too. But yeah, at the time I was like, you're so mean to me. (laughs) Oh, that's so bad. And yet at the same time, that's, I'm sure looking back on it, it's hilarious. Oh my God. Yeah. Like how clumsy can you get? You're outside of a hospital because you sprayed your fingers and you shove your thumb in the car door. Like, (laughs) I mean, not only that, but I feel like that's another way that you and I are so similar in that what better way to decide to damage yourself further than in the fucking parking lot of the hospital. Yeah. Like, why not? Yeah, right? (laughs) Just like, Uh, oh, I'm not injured enough to go to the hospital yet. I need to increase this. Yeah, let me me just do further damage really quick. Why not? Yeah. I didn't ever see a doctor about my uh, my sprained fingers. They healed on their own, so that's good, because I I think we forgot about them. It's like the time-honored tradition of... Oh, you're crying? Let me do something else to make you take the pain off of that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's like, oh, your toe hurts? Let me punch you in the nose, and then everything will be just fine. Yeah, then, you're, then you won't be figuring your toe, your toe anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's like whenever you're growing up and you're crying and your parents are like, shut up or I'll give you something to cry about. And it's like, but why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I obviously have a reason to cry now. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand. <laughs> I got hiccups. I'm trying to, like, keep them quiet, but, like, keep hiccuping. You're going to have a fun time editing this. Just every now and again, it'll just be me going. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll probably leave it in just for giggles. <laughs> it's like stomach chon, you know? Every time I come across them, I have to decide whether I want to amplify it or just cut it out. But yeah, today we are going to be discussing Haikyuu, but um, yeah, we're going to be chatting about some other stuff. We got some news, other things like that before we get into it properly. But yeah, I figured, <laughs> I always forget that we should probably introduce what the topic of which we are talking about before we, you know, get into too many tangents. Mate, look, we don't, we don't have a structure here. <laughs> no. I mean, we kind of do, but you know, it's just. The people are smart. They can read the title and see what we're talking about. Maybe. I promise we'll get to it. We will actually talk about it, like, at some yeah, point. Yeah, we just... This is, like, the main time Blue and I talk every week, other than short messaging stints here or there. So we gotta get it all out. Yeah, we have to catch up first. <laughs> yeah. Because we don't really sit and talk before we sit down and record these. Back whenever we first started this, we'd sit and talk for, like, 30 or 45 minutes to get comfortable. Mm-hmm. And now it's just immediately picking up where we lost from the last from where we left off with the last episode. Yeah, I feel like what we used to, like those early things that we never recorded, I feel like was some of our best banter. Mm-hmm. So I f- it's good that we record right off the bat because like this is where we have our stupid story sharing time. And Yeah. Speaking of which, what did you do this week? So hot tub, mm-hmm. anime, mm-hmm. and work. That's been, Step out that's- on work, replace it with food, and that's like my ideal time. See, I wish I could skip out on work (laughs) because the reason that we weren't able to record this during a normally scheduled time is because I was supposed to finish Haikyuu on Wednesday, 
but work happened and I was supposed to be off. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so now I'm sitting here and just finished up Haikyuu like an hour before we were supposed to start recording today. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, thank God. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm 10 episodes into the second season. Yeah, which if y'all haven't guessed already, we're going to do season two next week. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm just neck deep into this at this point. Like, I just, I have to know what happens next. I was, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I enjoyed this so much. The this first week. season really gets you hooked. It really does, and we'll get into it later. Mm-hmm. Just how hooked into it I got. Mm-hmm. But my goodness, I finished this and started talking to Blue about it, and I was like, "We gotta screw what's on the schedule for next week. I'm not even gonna talk about it to get people's hopes up. I'm just gonna move it to later, and we're gonna cover Haikyuu season two of next yes. week." Yeah. So we we do promise that the what was gonna be next week. That is now not going to be next week. We will cover in the future, even though you don't know what it is. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Haikyuu is taking taking precedent right now. Haikyuu is one of my personal favorite animes ever in general. I don't really consider it a sports anime, even though it is a sports anime heavily, because it's just one of my favorites, you know? So like, I don't... Mm-hmm. It's one of those ones where you think, oh, think of a sports anime, and I don't consider it because I just consider it one of my favorite animes. So having to like put the subgenre in always makes me like skip over it for some reason. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But like, it's. Uh, Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I'm sure by the time I get finished with it, it's definitely going to get close to maybe even ranking in my top 10 of mm-hmm. all time. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those to where I'm already so invested, and we're only 25 episodes in out of 85 episodes plus yeah. OVAs. And for films. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's like, it's one of those ones where I don't buy a lot of like anime merch. I don't buy a lot of merch for anything in general. Like I have, I'm very picky about that kind of stuff. Like you guys know that I really like Harry Potter, but I've, I pretty much never buy Harry Potter stuff for myself. A lot of my Harry Potter collection that I have is people buying me Harry Potter stuff because they know I like it, right? And like, I really like my collection. I'm glad I've built it. But like with anime stuff, I don't have anywhere near as much like, I don't know, figurines or like plushies or anything like that. And I'm slowly looking at things that I want to start and build my collection. But Haikyuu is one of the rare ones that I actually have chibi drawings of. I got these like postcard chibi drawings from um, the last anime convention that I went to. I went to like the artist alley bit and um, one of the artists there had drawn these really cute little chibis. And so, yeah, they were in like the background of all of my streams for the longest time. And I still have them on my wall in my studio. Yeah, they're like Haikyuu is is really like, I don't know, I wouldn't say special to me because I don't have a huge like emotional connection to it from like, you know, I was having a hard time in life and I watched this anime and it changed my life or whatever. It, it's not like that. It's just like, I really like it. Mm-hmm. Well, you see, it's one of those to where your particular selection of anime is a little bit more niche than most. Mm-hmm. So I could see how a lot of the stuff that you really enjoy would be hard to get your hands on mm-hmm. in general, especially from a merch perspective. But Q is definitely the main one to where I can see you having the ability to get your hands on a lot more stuff. Yeah. That and Dr. Stone as well. With Dr. Stone being one of your newest favorites, it'd oh, yeah. be really easy for you to get your hands on stuff from it. Yeah, I know that like Hot Topic has like blankets and mugs and stuff from um, Dr. Stone, which I'm super excited about. You see, you say that, and yet how much of the new season have you watched? 
zero because I was going to and then season two of Haikyuu just happened to autoplay on my laptop and now I'm nine episodes in. You see, you say that, you probably weren't even going to start season two of Dr. Stone yet. I I was and then I uh, hyper-focused on Haikyuu and it's been downhill from there. <laughs> I've been trying so hard to keep up with all the weeklies because I wanted to just sit down and discuss stuff for the podcast. And then I got I promise busy. next week I will have watched the first three episodes of um, Dr. Stone. Uh, hate to break it to you, but it'll be two if we record two. at our normally scheduled time. Oh, that's true. If we decide to push it back till Friday of next week, then it can be three. Okay, two or three, depending. But let me just say, so good. I was already, like, a little emotional from watching Haikyuu as it was, and then today's episode of Dr. Stone almost got me more. It was just like, no, give me all the stuff. All the stuff. I love it so much. So what about the other weeklies that you've been watching? How have they been going? So The Promised Neverland is phenomenal. I'm really enjoying it. It's still keeping up the pace from where it was. Mm -hmm. And ReZero just, again, has not taken a foot off of the gas. We got so much more background info this week. We're learning more and more about the characters and the way that this week's episode ended. I can't even I can't even tell you what I want to tell you mm-hmm. because you will piece it together. Because what I would say wouldn't spoil anything. But if you're familiar with the last episode that we did, and if I say what I want to say, you can piece it together very easily. But I've been talking to Sync about it a lot. And we have come to an agreement on it. Okay. But I cannot wait for more episodes. I want to see how the season's going to end, and I need it now. I cannot wait until later. Just well, so many good weeklies. So many good weeklies. So many good, like, just in general, so much good content is coming out right now. hmm I want to know the news. So, first piece of news. Demon Slayer is officially available on Netflix now. The only reason I'm bringing this up in news is because for anyone who hasn't watched it because they don't have access to anime sites outside of, like, Netflix and Hulu, Mm -hmm. now's your chance to watch it. Just please, for the love of all that is holy, watch it subbed. Uh, I hate, I hate the dub with a passion. (laughs) I, I have never actually looked at the dub. So, um, wouldn't know. I will send you a clip after this if you want your brain to be fried, especially because a lot of the other casting isn't bad. It doesn't really suit the characters that much, mm-hmm. but it's not terrible. Mm-hmm. But Inosuke, poor, sweet, innocent, absolutely batshit crazy Inosuke. It was not a good casting choice. Oh, no. Not a good casting choice. I don't know who they could have picked to make it better, but that was not it. <laughs> I'm very curious now. Yeah, I will I will send you a clip and you will you will understand my pain and frustration. Mm-hmm. But it's exciting that a wider audience outside of Japan is going to be able to experience Demon Slayer now because they're heavily pushing it too. Yeah, I feel like Netflix is really, really, really trying to jump on the anime, like, train. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I'm all for it. I feel like Netflix is a huge um, contender in just, like, media in general right now. So, you know, it, I don't necessarily want to give them more things that they can use to kind of create a monopoly on everything. But I'm glad they have some competitors themselves. But I don't think 
like, I think it's a really good thing that Crunchyroll isn't really kind of like the sole distributor of anime for Western audiences. Mm-hmm. And the more that, like, Hulu and Netflix and, you know, Funimation and all of these kinds of companies really start becoming more mainstream, I think it's going to be a really good thing. Because, like, I don't really see them advertising anime like Crunchyroll has done, you know? Because, like, back mm. in, like, I feel like in, like, 2012 YouTube, like, prime money-making YouTube, Crunchyroll was, like, sponsoring YouTubers. Yeah, and I still think Crunchyroll does. I think it just depends on the YouTuber because not a lot of gaming creators are getting those kind of sponsors anymore. Mm-hmm, yeah. Whereas but before, know, it was like anime and gaming were one and the same. Now they're kind of like mm-hmm. two separate entities. But I know food channels. Like, I watch a creator called Benji with Babish. Mm-hmm. And Crunchyroll sponsors some of his stuff every now and then. And he'll do anime-inspired dishes. Like, he's done the Naruto ramen and some Ghibli dumplings and whatnot. That makes so I think me it just depends if, on the style. Yeah, it makes me wonder if, um, oh, what's her name? Uh, Rosanna Pensino, is that it? Uh, Nerdy mm-hmm. Nummies, if, yeah. she gets, if she gets Crunchyroll sponsors. Maybe. I haven't watched any of her stuff in a long time. Me either. I don't have much more news other than just second season announcements and sequel announcements. Cool. Seven Deadly Sins, getting a new sequel film this summer. Also, My Next Life as a Villainess season two trailer has dropped and has unveiled that it's going to release in July. Okay, cool. Hi, Q. <laughs> Hi, Q. Um, did you check about the Sailor Moon thing to see if it overtook whatever it was in the box office? Uh, so Demon Slayer is back at number one and uh-huh. Gintama has fallen to number two. Sailor Moon has not overtaken anything else. Okay, interesting. So, cool. yeah, Demon Slayer's back on top. Better yeah, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to be interested to see how many total weeks it stays on top. I mean, we'll see how it keeps going for now, because I don't see anything else coming through and toppling it again. No. But we shall we shall see. We shall see. Okay, so, Haikyuu, background. What do we got? Haikyuu, manga, written by Hiroshi Furodate. Its original run ran from February of 2012 through July 20th of 2020 for a total number of 45 volumes. That's another one to add to our ever-growing collection of manga that we need to fucking get. Oh my god, yeah. So many volumes. So many volumes. (laughs) The anime series for episodes 1 through 60 was directed by Shushumu Misunaka. Who is known for the Haikyuu seasons one through three, I guess? I guess one through two in the OVAs. Well, it says episodes one through 60 and the OVAs are classified separately. Oh, so we only did five episodes of the third season? Or would it be 10? Or is season two 30 episodes? Oh no, season two is 25. Sorry, excuse me. Okay, so then maybe just half of season three. How many, how many cores is season three? I uh, don't know. I haven't looked that far. I just assume Netflix it would be two if the first and second season are both two core. Maybe. I don't, know, I don't, I don't know. know. It's been a while since I watched it, which is why I was so excited to watch it again, and why I'm already halfway through the second season, because I'm completely hooked <laughs> all over again. Yeah. But outside of that, and also the fact that they have done the first two films, some other stuff that they are known for, looks like a show called The Squid Girl and Usagi Drop. Yeah, I'm unfamiliar. And then episode 61 through present was done by Masoko Sato. Mm-hmm. 
And she has worked on a few things that you and I will definitely be a little bit more familiar with. Mm-hmm. So they have worked in the animation department on Ponyo, Howl's Moving Castle, and Spirited Away. Wow. That's some big names under a belt. Yeah, so having done work for Studio Chibli and then coming in to do that, that's pretty incredible. That is. I'm excited to see now that I know that if I can spot the difference. I mean, maybe? Maybe. I guess we'll see. We'll see. Maybe the art style carried over into some of the directing for the later show, but we'll see. Yeah, especially because Haikyuu has a very unique art style in the way that they do faces and head shapes. We're, we'll get into that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious as to your opinion on what you think, yeah, of the art style. Because I did warn you, I did preface that Haikyuu, I think, has a pretty unique art style. Uh, no. Kuroko has a pretty unique art style. This one is... uh, Kuroko I hated because of that shading, and the fact that this show has very similar tastes in shading pissed me off. Mm -hmm. But they don't do it as much, so I kind of forgive it. I found the Haikyuu was one of the the reason why I got so hooked on Haikyuu the first time I watched it was because of the facial expressions because they make me laugh so much. Mm-hmm. So it was one of the things that made me fall in love with Haikyuu the first time around that I watched it, and it's definitely something that has still consistently made me laugh throughout watching it again for a second time. Mm-hmm. I think it's very funny. But okay, overview of Haikyuu. Haikyuu is based around Hinata, who is a first year high school student. And he is a volleyball player. Um, He is very short, though, at 163 centimeters, I think. He's 5'5". Yeah. And obviously in volleyball, it's a sport where height is is something that puts you at an advantage. And so everyone's like, you know, he had this reputation of you can't do anything, you're small. And he is kind of going off of that and like trying to go after and like a, a person who he had seen when he was in elementary he had seen this person on tv and was like they're like my idol i want to go to the same school as them they were at the national tournament and so then he ended up going to the same school with them and it's like his journey his team the school the fact that they kind of have a little bit of a tarnished reputation and specifically, really, it's about him and his rival slash friend, I guess, like a friendly rivalry, uh, not so friendly <laughs> rivalry, um, <laughs> with uh, this one particular guy who is known as um, the king of the court. And it's like, yeah, the two of them building a relationship, figuring out how they their dynamic works, and playing volleyball with the rest of their team. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's very good. I recommend so before we put spoiler chicken hats on, though, I had a couple of things that I wanted to say that I can't remember. <laughs> Bring. Oh, Haikyuu, I think, is one of the only sports animes that I've watched that makes you want the opposing team to win. Uh, yes and no. Yeah, because obviously you still support our boys, but, like, they really pull on your emotions. Oh, yeah, especially that last tournament for season one. Mm-hmm. I felt for the other team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's really, like, it's a very, it's one of the reasons why I think that you should, if you haven't seen Haikyuu, I highly recommend that you go and watch it, because it's not unlike a any other sport anime that I've seen, which is why I think I find it hard to consider it a sports anime, even though it is completely a sports anime. Um, oh, 100%. Yeah. 
I think I just find it hard to categorize it in the same way because of the way that they play with your emotions and the way that the humor is throughout. I think this is probably, in my opinion, the funniest sports anime. Um, 100%. And I don't know. It's like, it's, it's like a, just a really good anime. <laughs> Whether you like sports animes or not, it's just really good. Mm-hmm. Like it follows a lot of sports anime tropes. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it still does a phenomenal job of telling a story and getting you invested in the team. And also, it definitely outperforms other sports anime in how it explains the sport mm-hmm. to where it's not over the top. Like, that is one thing that I think the show does right, because it's not just immediately cramming everything out. It explains the positions as they, as they need to be explained. Yeah. Yeah, you can so go into does, Haikyuu uh, not knowing anything about volleyball and still completely understand what's going on. Not only that, but it'll make you just immediately want to go out and play volleyball. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I also feel like if you were a volleyball player and you go into watching Haikyuu, I don't think that you would feel like, oh, this is redundant information that I didn't need to know, because I don't feel like it interrupts the story that much. No. Like I said, it explains the positions and plays and whatnot whenever they need to be explained. Yeah, I agree. So it doesn't just go out of its way to stop the flow of the story to do it. In fact, it does it in a very likable way mm-hmm. with the introduction of the faculty advisor to where I'm like, I like that. Yes. Oh, um... Uh, I don't know if I should talk about this now or after we put the spoiler chicken hats on. I'm going to say uh, after just to be safe. Yeah. Okay. But so. in case y'all can't, in case y'all haven't already noticed, Blue and I just have absolutely enjoyed this. So go watch it, please. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Spoiler chicken hats are going up. So go watch it and then come back and listen just so you don't have anything spoiled. Because although we're not going episode by episode like we used to with this one, we're still going to spoil some things. So go go watch it. 100%. Yeah, I did take uh, notes for each episode, but they are very short, very sweet, just to get the overall plot line of what's happening. Look, look at you going above and beyond what we said we weren't going to do. I know. I did because I wanted to get all the names correct, because some of the names are very, like... Um, a lot of the characters go by like first, last name, and a nickname, and then some of the characters have names that are very similar. Especially like uh, Sugawara and um, Sawamura. Sawamura is the captain. Uh, Sugawara is the third year setter. And those two, I was like, okay, I need to make sure I have these right in my brain. So I'm ninety nine percent certain that you watched the sub version of this, correct? Oh yeah. So, the last team that they played, did they keep swapping the name of the team for it as well? Uh, in what way? So, in some, like, sometimes they would refer to them as, like, Alba Alba Josai. Yeah. And then they had a name that started with an S for them as well. Huh. I didn't notice that. I only heard, I only noticed the Alba Josai, but I wasn't paying attention, so. Because they called it both in the dub. Hmm. And it really confused me because I'm like, what? why the fuck? They're talking about the same team. So why do they just continue to use both names? Like, find one and stick with it. But mm. it's it's fine. Yeah, that makes me curious. I'll have to go back and, and check that. Okay, spoiler chicken hat's on. So what I was going to say <laughs> before I was like... Double checking if it's a spoiler. Um, this is one of the first sports animes, but first and only sports animes, where the manager only does things that a high school student is able to do, and therefore it seems like she's doing nothing the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> like, she really seems like such a useless character. But, like, the thing about it is, is that if you went to high school, you wouldn't be able to do all of this stuff that all of the other managers do. 
Especially considering that they've got a really active coach and faculty advisor. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's not there's no need for her to go and scout all of the other teams. There's no need for her to build workout plans for the, all the boys. There's no need for her to, like, go and figure out practice games. Because they're, they actually have two actual adults doing that stuff like they're supposed to. So she's just, like, cleaning up for them and finding, like, throwing balls for them where they need it. And, like, being, like, really normal. <laughs> Yeah, like being a manager. Yeah, and so it seems like she's doing nothing the whole series, and that makes me laugh so much. And yet, I like how much skill she actually has, because you see in the snippets, (laughs) in between the things of like her managing to just absolutely knock the shit out of the ball into a water bottle on the complete opposite side of the court. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's like, why? Why are you doing this? Yeah. Yeah, I, I just, that really amused me that I was, because the, f- the first time I watched it, I was like, oh my god, she's so useless. It was only this time watching it through that I realized why she was useless. And that's not because she's useless, it's because all other managers and all other sports animes are like on steroids or something. Well, you see, it's one of those things where I didn't even notice her as useless. I was just like, oh, she's a manager, actually being a manager. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is weird, comparatively. Yeah, she's not a freaking extraterrestrial being. I don't know. Like, if this were any other anime, she'd have been out on the court playing with the guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She would be able to, what is it, in, in Kuroko, um, she'd be able to see their stats via their muscles when they take off their shirts. Yes. Is that Was that Kuroko or was that free? That was Kuroko. I feel like it was both, but sure, we'll go with it. <laughs> uh, it might have been both, but I think Kuroko is... Yeah, Kuroko was the full stats with the numbers, but, like, yeah, I'm fairly certain that same thing was happening in free as well. Probably. Okay, but yes, first episode. We're starting off with a kind of a bait-and-switch rival pairing story. I kind of, it's, like, gets you, pulls on your heartstrings pretty quickly off of the first episode. I think it's probably one of the first introductory, like, first episodes of any sports anime. I think it really grabs you and pulls you into the story right off the bat. Mm-hmm. What did you, how did you, because you are you were going into this blind, right? Yes. So did you think that this was going to be the setup of a rivalry or a pairing? Or how did you feel about the fact that they, like Hinata and uh, Kageyama, ended up like going to the same high school at the end of the episode? I mean, I feel like they went too heavy on it for them to not mm-hmm. pull the bait and switch that they did. Because mm-hmm. also it just goes back to the old time honor trope of, oh, how can they get along? Mm-hmm. And then they end up getting along mm-hmm. because it's sports. Yeah. But yeah, I, I thought it was a really good job of introducing your background of your main character, Hinata, and your kind of anti-hero in Kageyama. But I didn't feel like it was, like, too backstory-y. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It I just does a good job of getting you invested off the bat. Yeah, emotionally as well, which is good. Uh, and then the the humor really kind of picks up more in the second episode with the wig loss of the VP. <laughs> And the beginnings of Kageyama and Hinata's dynamic properly. Mm. Not to mention Tanaka-senpai's intimidation tactics. That always makes me laugh that he's trying to freak everyone out. And then the captain's also the secret scary side of the captain. So that kind of like all really picks up within the second episode. Mm. You know, honestly, I can see your notes on this episode. And they're just saying, it's a toupee! (laughs) It's a toupee! It's like, how did you not notice? Everyone else noticed during the assembly. Uh, and the, the way it lands on uh, Tanaka as well. <laughs> I love it. Oh god, that made me laugh so much. Um, 
And, and him just being like, I'm not going to yell at you. You're not told off. You're not in trouble. So long as nobody else knows about this. And then like throughout the rest of the season, everyone just knows. Um, but yeah, in episode three, the bond between the team and the two of them are starting to form. Hinata is improving. And the other, first, the other two first years are uh, introduced as rivals as well. So basically because Hinata is like, he went to a school where there wasn't a volleyball team except for him. He never got to train with anybody, but he has this insane athletic ability and love of volleyball. So he just has like this natural talent that was kind of left raw up until the first year of high school. And Kageyama is like a genius and is known as like, like is being able to do, you know, kind of whatever he wants because of his ability. Like he can do things that other people can't. And because Hinata's got this like, Physical ability, Kagama's got this like mental and physical ability, the two of them end up working together really well. But yeah, then we get introduced to our two other first years. The match against, so then they decide that they're going to do a match against two other first years, Kagama and Hinata, and they're going to fight against them so that Hinata and Kagayama can be part of the team. Uh, because they were like arguing and so the captain was like, you're not allowed to be part of the team until you know about teamwork. And then they have to have this game. But this is like the first time where we really get to see the toss between Kageyama and Hinata and the, the toss fight combo. And this is where we really start to see them as like an active pair. Because up until this point, we'd seen them as rivals. We'd seen them as like frenemies. Then we'd seen them as like a partnership. But this is where we really get to see them like working together and it working well. Yeah, it sets them up for some killer shots. So that's cool. At this point in... What were your thoughts? I was just invested yeah. because I just I just wanted to see where it was going to go mm-hmm. and how much they were going to have their ass handed to them to see how they could grow from it. Mm-hmm. Because again, sports anime have a habit of falling into the same pattern of win-loss records and everything else. But at the same time, this show just kind of took no prisoners. So I wanted to see where they were going to go with it. Yeah, because you need to have that loss to be able to have that redemption arc. Mm-hmm. And to be able to have your characters evolve, you know? Because if they keep winning all the time, then they are going to get stagnant. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's the same as, like, not just in sports animes. I feel like you see that in, like, Dragon Ball and, and Naruto and, you know, like, other animes where you have a protagonist that is special in some way. They have to experience defeat to be able to get over a either emotional or physical hurdle. Mm-hmm. Agreed. It's just more obvious, I feel like, in sports animes because you have a set enemy within a time limit and, you know, it's a sport. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so so they end up in episode five setting up a practice match against one of the prefecture's top four schools. Kageyama's old teammates actually went there. And by episode six, they're starting the practice match and it's a full-on thing of the the that school being like Kageyama's still got a stick up his, up his ass like he's a douchebag <laughs> like we don't we don't like him we don't want anything to do with him and so um we're gonna defeat them and we're gonna make fun of him while we do it kind of thing but Hinata's really like out of it because this is in the first set because he's nervous as heck because he isn't like the only ever game that he ever played in up until this point was his <laughs> his first and last game in junior high in his last year of junior high where um, he played in the first tournament and lost to Kageyama's team. So this is the first time he's like playing with a full team that's like actually a team and not just some friends he banded together. And and so because of that in the first set, he's like 
out of it. But they pick it up back up again quickly and shock the other team with Kageyama's attitude change. By episode seven, they've managed to, to win the practice game, but only because of their, um, their, their ace setter, um, Oikawa, was only in it for like three points towards the end of the, the, the second set, or yeah, the second set. And so, because he was, like, out because of an ankle injury or something, and then he only, by the time he warmed up and, like, was approved to go in, it was only, like, the very end. And so, the the opposing team wasn't at full strength at all. And then, at the end of episode 7, we're also introduced to another one of our team members who is second year, and he is the... The libero, I think it's, it's I can't remember the, the word for it. <laughs> the libero, 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 libero. I don't know how I would say it. Sometimes, you know, when you hear things in a foreign language and then you hear it with an American accent, and then you go, "Oh, how does that fit in my British accent language thing?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How how do I say that with my British Canadian hybrid mouth? Just just pick something, and we'll. Still love you, but judge you regardless. I will say it with chest, and if it's very wrong, then you can laugh at me. <laughs> okay, so this was the first practice match. How were your thoughts? How did you feel about the fact that Oiko was only in it for like four points at the end or three points at the end? What were your thoughts and feelings? How did you feel about the fact that there was a new character added and he is supposedly this like second genius for our team? Go. They had better play him again this season or otherwise I'm going to be pissed. Mm-hmm. But also, because they ended up winning the game, that told me that whenever he actually got to play the full game, they were going to have their asses handed to him. I, yeah, I wonder if that lived up, well, what happened lived up to your thoughts then. Because it did, but it didn't. But it didn't, but it did, you know? Yes. And what about uh, Kageyama? How did you feel about the fact that he kind of, like, swayed their opinions of him in a way, but also they still kind of hate him, but, like... That ending where he was like, don't apologize. Character growth, but mm-hmm. slow. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you know me at this point. Like, I'm a sucker for character development. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Um, Such a I... sucker for character development. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you are. I, I really liked that. I liked the fact that um, Kayama kind of got a bit of a redemption, but it wasn't in the fact that he necessarily changed his character, although he did change his character, but it was also that the opposing team understood why he was the way that he was beforehand and why he was so intense. Because when he was surrounded by people that were just as intense as him, they realized that it leveled out and it made the opponents take accountability for the fact that maybe they could have tried harder as well. And I liked that it was a growth on both sides of the coin as opposed to just Kageyama gaining respect. Mm Mm-hmm. I thought that oh. was... I like that. What? I just thought of something. Mm-hmm. So, you want to hear the ultimate dad joke? <laughs> yeah. So, did you know that 10 plus 10 and 11 plus 11 equals the same thing? <laughs> what's 10 plus 10? 20. And what's 11 plus 11? 22. Uh, uh... Oh my god. <laughs> that took me way too long to get. <laughs> That took me way too long to get. What's okay. a pirate's favorite letter? R. I know that one. Not you see, you would think that, but for some reason, they always get lost at sea. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I like that. But also kind of sad. I don't want them to be lost at sea. There's anyway. your friendly neighborhood interruptions for the podcast. <laughs> I don't know why those randomly popped in my brain, but I was uh, like, <gasps> dad joke time. Dad joke. <laughs> 
I appreciate dad jokes. And now back Same. to your regularly scheduled program. Episode 10. Uh, right? Eight. Oh. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Pay attention. I am paying attention. I just don't keep track. I binged this so quickly. I didn't pay attention to which episode was what. I can just give you a running timeline of what happened through the whole season. <laughs> but anyways, so we are now, we've been introduced to um, Nishinoya, who is the Libero. And now we are going to be introduced again to another new character, um, Asahi, who is a third year. Um, because Nishinoya will not practice and play in a practice game until Asahi is back playing as well. Teacher's advisor also starts seeking out a coach in their retired coach's grandson because they had a coach, but the coach retired because he got sick. And then uh, the grandson runs like the corner shop and like he played volleyball with his granddad as his coach throughout high school and stuff. And he plays at like the local like adult team. And, um, uh, and so their faculty advisor, finally, we have just a good off from the start faculty advisor who supports these boys, but knows nothing about volleyball. <laughs> faculty adv- advisor is like, in this case, almost best boy, to be honest. I could see that. Yeah. Cause he tries so hard to like get them, um, practice games despite their bad reputation, tries them really hard to get a coach, to get funding. He was going to. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, he he works hard. Yes, agreed. Appreciate faculty advisor. (laughs) Uh, Um, Also best faculty advisor for a sports animated date. Yeah, so far. Especially considering what was All Out's faculty advisor. Yeah, that faculty advisor fucking sucked. Yeah, he needs a lesson. Uh, (laughs) And so then by episode nine... um, Asahi is back in action with the... And the other senpais also start showing their worth as well. They start, like... um, Like, we start to get to see, like, other people other than Hinata and Kageyama. Like, we start seeing their strengths as well, which is cool. The coach also accepts his role for uh, one game because he says that their rival, um, Neko, that he wants to play them in a practice match because they were like the biggest rival between them for years and years and years and years and years. And so they were his rival when he was playing. But when their coach retired, um, Neko's coach didn't want to continue with the practice games because like the rivalry was between the coaches as opposed to more between the teams. Um, But because he's the grandson, they have the same name and he was part of the team when they were part of their like big war and like the height of their rivalry they managed to agree to a practice game he's like i'll only do it for this one game lies so much lies so much lies now we're in episode 10 we're all caught up and so uh they have a game with old guys from the coaches the the town's like adult team and they get to see those guys like like do cool stuff and teach them tricks and stuff and Hinata manages to get over his envy of Asahi because he wants to be the ace. Because And he finally starts to accept his role as the ultimate decoy. The coach also worries about who he's going to choose to be the setter for the game. Because, of course, he has a third year that he feels responsible for like making sure that he gets enough game time. Because this is the last year that he's going to be able to play. But also, it seems like Kageyama is a better setter than him. So it's like, well, who do I choose? The first year that's got two more years? Or like the third year that it is his final chance at playing these games, right? By episode 11, we have a training camp. 
And uh, I put LMAO, the freaky, the freaking scary child scene. (laughs) (laughs) I know what you're talking about. (laughs) Oh my god, I was crying. It was so funny. Oh god. I don't know why that hit me in the giggles, but yeah, that was, was episode eleven. If you have, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and rewatch that episode because oh my god, that was funny. And Kageyama also officially gets chosen as the setter because um, Sugawara talks to the coach and is like, "Hey, don't underestimate me. Just because he's a better setter than I am, I know he's a better setter than I am. That doesn't mean that I'm not going to continue to fight for time on that court. And if he's going to keep winning us games so that I have more opportunities to be on the court, then that's what we should be doing. And I don't know, I thought that was really, like, big of him. Like, he's, like, selfless, but also selfish in the same way. I don't know, it was good sportsmanship. Yes, agreed. Episode 12, the practice match between against Neko begins and their setter has a brain for analyzation. Hinata gets shut out, but he opens his eyes to try and hit Kageyama's toss and even manages to redirect a spike uh, and spike a slower version of it, but it's still out. So like you can't see the toss at its full speed because it's like a direct toss. You can't see it at its full speed. But um, when Kageyama manages to slow one down, he manages to do like a regular quick as opposed to their insane quick, but it's out. They lose the match, but end up making good friends with their rivals and playing a bunch of other matches and they continue to um, like play with them. And our coach agrees to continue with these boys now that he feels the need to get revenge. What did you think of this practice match in comparison to the first practice match? I feel like there was a lot more growth in this one, but it also just showed them, uh, fucking fuck, my brain died. <laughs> um, yeah, because it pointed out a lot of their weaknesses that they had, because just as the team was finally starting to get going, they lost, and it was because of just their lack of skill, not because the other team was just missing their ace. Yeah. So it was... And again, it was one of those things where you knew a loss was coming and it was a matter of time, but also there is a lot of growth to come from this one, especially whenever there were no stakes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was definitely one of those things that is uh, definitely needed for the plot line. It really puts things into perspective because I feel like when you first start off with a sports anime with a team, especially a team where they have like so-called geniuses and this team is supposed to have two and then you have Hinata who's like a ball of ADHD. And um, and then you have them together, you kind of get this like altered perspective to where you think that they're unbeatable and the best that just happens because they're the only team that you're watching, right? Mm-hmm. So then when you see them in comparison to other teams, especially because this team has like just been formed, they like don't have a substantial third year like group of people or even second years, they don't have a lot of members on their team compared to like a bigger school would have a lot more members to choose from and then they would also have a lot more internal rivalry and a lot more competition a lot more people to practice with they would have had a coach from the get-go probably better facilities like they're all starting off on a better foot than these guys who have kind of like been kind of lumped together a bit so even though they're really good individually and you know they have these really skillful people. Two of their most skillful people, well, three of their most skillful people are first years. And so they don't have the same experience as the second and third years. Hinata barely has any experience. Kageyama's got some serious mental, like, blockage. And 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 then you have, like, all of the, the rest of the team. Like, it's just, they are, when you're looking at them, you think, oh my god, they're amazing. And then you see them against a team that has 
facilities, that has the coaches, that has the internal rivalries, that has the experience, that has the more amount of third years, that has, you know, all of this extra stuff. It is like you need to see them lose to that to be able to then elevate them to be on a closer level. Make sense? Yes. Or, yeah. I feel like I ramble and then I kind of lose the plot halfway through. <laughs> no, you're fine. Okay, good. Also, how could you lose the plot? Especially in a show that doesn't have any. True. <laughs> it's the first sports anime that just wasn't plot based. No, no, not at all. By episode 13, they uh, have lost the match. Uh, I already said about that. We're in episode 14 now. Just kidding. Um, they prepare for the summer tournament and manager Shimizu wishes them well. LOL. Oh, this is the part where they all simultaneously start crying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where the, like she finds the banner and puts it over the edge, and then all of the like second and third years just like hold it and hold it and hold it, and then she leaves, and then they just go and the tears go like out. <laughs> uh, that made me laugh a lot. Episode fifteen, the tournament begins, and their block is packed. They're in A block. They're packed with powerhouses because, of course, that's the way that sports enemies work. And they what? are no. <laughs> And guess what? They're being underestimated again. What? 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 No. No. Kageyama still has that reputation following him. Never. Hinata is still being underestimated because of his height. What? Chuck. <laughs> Man. <laughs> okay. Episode 16. Karasuno wins their first match against a smaller team. And they kind of like start the impression of, like, maybe there's somebody to watch within the tournament. This is where I put in my notes that Haikyuu has a weirdly awesome, uh, really weirdly awesome ability to make you root for the opponent and mm. our team at the same time. And I feel like you start seeing this even in the very first game of this tournament. A little bit. Mm -hmm. Especially more later on, but, like, you start seeing those hints of it throughout this. Mm -hmm. And See, I even felt it in the last game with Nekoma. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But especially in the last game with Alba Josai. Mm-hmm. That's where I was like, oh, come on, man. Why why you gotta why you gotta make me care about the team of fucking assholes? I know, I just want them to lose and now I care about them and I, I don't want them to lose, but I also don't want our guys to lose and and why can't everyone just be happy and we can just have participation medals and nobody needs to win first place. <laughs> Baka. Baka. Um and this is also the episode where the girls' team from the same school lose their match and are eliminated. And uh, it makes you feel bad for the extras that haven't really been in the anime up until this point, but you still feel bad. Yeah. And then the fight begins, Dateko uh, uh, begins, and they were the guys who shut down Asahi back in March. So their ace was shut down by a team that specializes in blocking, and uh, he kind of, like, lost all of his, like, confidence. And so he, that's why he didn't want to join the team at the beginning of this year until um, they kind of, like, kicked his ass. And, and Hinata and Kageyama basically just said, like, stuff to him. I don't know. You know, inspirational, but what about volleyball stuff? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but the game fully, properly, especially kicks off in uh, episode 17, where... The match is, like, pretty tough right from the get-go. They are truly an iron wall. Hinata's decoy works well, though, as his quick kind of deroots them from um, our ace and, like, distracts them from him, which is what his job is, to be the ultimate decoy. And right off the bat, you can tell that this is going to be a very interesting game. 
and you're like it's very exciting to watch. Agreed. And again, anything that can cause character growth, I'm immediately hooked on. Mm-hmm. But especially if it's not for just our main character, the fact that the team's ace that really hasn't been around a whole lot up to this point is the one that's finally getting it. I was like, <gasps> yes, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. There, I will say throughout, um, that's a that's a theme that continues throughout the anime. As far as I've watched, I can't actually remember how far I got. But um, it's a theme that continues throughout the anime. I know in the second season, a lot of the other members of the team also get their own individual character progressions as well. So it's something to look forward to when you watch the second season. Mm-hmm. In episode 18, though, it comes down to the wire in the second set as Hinata's quick, quick's effectiveness starts to wear off as they kind of get used to it and, and like, they figure out a way around it. And Asahi manages to get his moment, though, and the team wins! Yay! Yata! Yata! This kind of, in a way, feels like the first win for the team, because although... They did win, like, practice games, and they won the first game of the tournament. This one was, like, the first real challenge for them, where they had something on the line. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, like, the practice games before, where they won or lost. But, like, yeah, they, they didn't have... They, there was nothing riding on it. I don't they know. They actually had to work for this one. Yeah, this because one felt Because they, really they had all their starters out there. There was no excuse. Mm-hmm. for the other team to have lost other than they just weren't as good. Yeah, and especially considering that the team that they were facing had a really good reputation and had previously beat them. It, it felt really important, this win. Mm-hmm, agreed. In episode 19, we start the second day of the tournament with um, uh, our team versus Albert Josai again, but this time Oikawa is like in it from the very beginning. And he is challenging specifically, he's focusing on Kageyama, who's his kohai, for two years. So they were in uh, middle school together for one year, when Kageyama's in his first year. And he's like kind of specifically pinpoint targeting him. Because they were the same mm-hmm. position, they went to the same school. But Kageyama is petty in this. And like, uh, uh, Oikawa does a thing where he's like, he, he's being sassy and is like, drops the um, ball instead of tosses it and uh, says something like, I'm going to do that again next time. And then the next set, Kageyama gets it and does the same thing and says the same thing back. He's petty. It made me laugh. I oh, it's so petty. Yeah. And yet I was like, that's that's the most Kageyama thing mm-hmm. <laughs> that could have happened there. Mm-hmm. And this is also where... As the show progresses, I could see each game taking a longer and longer amount of time. Yes. Because this game lasted for six episodes, so it's the longest game in any sports anime that we've watched to date. Yeah, yeah. In And the, the previous game started, I think, in episode 16 and in episode 18, so even that one was three. Mm-hmm. Even though, like, 16 wasn't a full episode. But, yeah, this this is... We're starting to see it taking up a lot more time now. Mm-hmm. In episode 20, though, it's basically Arakawa versus Kageyama, and Kageyama is way stuck in his head. Um, he is, like, fixated on on the fight between them and kind of forgets that he's surrounded by team members, because that's the way that he used to play volleyball before, when he was um, determined to be, like, the dictator king. And it's, like, hard for him, because it's only been two months since that was him, you know? So, mm-hmm. like, it's hard to get that practice out of his head. Yeah. But then Josai ends up taking the first set and Kageyama is benched. 
So then the third year setter, Sugawara, helps him see the strength of all of the other spikers in the team. So he's not just focusing solely on Hinata as well, because Hinata's obviously the only one that can do that like super quick or whatever. So he kind of forgets about the rest of the team a bit and is taking all that responsibility responsibility on himself. And but Sugawara gets to have his moment, he gets to make some like get the team all back together again, he raises everyone's spirits, and um he teaches Kageyama quite a bit from his playing. And soon Kageyama is sub- subbed back in because although Sugawara managed to turn all the tides and everything, he's still a pretty, like, I don't want to say basic setter. Like, he's good and he's well-rounded and he knows his team members, but he is nothing compared to um, Okawa, who is, like, national level. Mm-hmm. And so he manages to turn the tide, though. Um, and uh, Kageyama is subbed back in towards the end of the second set and with a close score and a clear head. In episode 22, with some good behavior from Kageyama and some background on Okawa, our boys managed to take the second set. And uh, the, at the same time, they also fire up Josai, though. So our opponents are... Ow, I just hit my elbow. Wrap. Wrap in the bubble wrap. <laughs> the bubble wrap. See, this is the thing that we were talking about earlier with all those bruises I get. Just... Just added another one. Just added another one. But yeah, at the same time as like they're managing to take the second set, they actually also um, inspire and fire up um, their opponents, which is not necessarily a good thing. Mm-hmm. In episode 23, um, dude, the third set gets intense. I have in capital letters. Uh, you think? <laughs> you think? So they... Sub in the fourth first year as a pinch server to turn the momentum as things are super tied up. He misses, but the team is able to kind of get rallied together. I think it was one of those things of like, we'll give you an opportunity to serve again. Because although he didn't manage to to make it, they were like, well, he, we know he tried his best and we want to be able to give him the opportunity to try again. Because like he was a pinch server and he wasn't expecting to be put in. And shit gets real when Kageyama pulls off a one-handed toss to Hinata and ends uh, at the end with 24 points to them and 24 points to their opponent in the third set. You have to get 25 points normally to win, but now they're in like a deuce situation. So it's the first person to get two points ahead wins the third set and thus the game. In episode 24, with the deuce going back and forth and back and forth, where the game, until the game is in its 30s for points, the momentum gets turned into Josai's favor, and in the end, um, Oikawa manages to read Kageyama, and they lose the match, sad face. And then there's um, eating and crying noises. I shed a tear yeah. over episode 24. Mm-hmm. Whenever they're all sitting at the table crying, I was like, why does this clear liquid running down my face during a sports anime? This is bullshit. (laughs) It was such a good game. And the way that they did it to where you felt so much for both sides, for both teams, Mm. it was so hard to watch and uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable to watch, although like you couldn't not watch. You wanted to watch. But it was uncomfortable yeah. because you were like, I don't want to see anybody get upset. I don't want to, wh- whoever wins here, somebody's going to get hurt. And that sucks. Yeah. Because it just, especially for, what's his name? I can't remember. On the other team. Uh, Oikawa, maybe? Oikawa, yeah. yeah the, the, the main setter, yeah. Yeah. Like, seeing him and seeing his backstory and why he wants to beat Kageyama so bad. I was like, oh, you're making me care. Yeah. 
Oh, he's such a fucking sadistic prick, and yet I kind of want him to win now. Damn it. <laughs> well, I think it's relatable, you know, the fact that... Oh, it is. ...that he was, like, naturally pretty good, and then all of a sudden he was being chased by this genius who was two years his junior, and he could see that this genius was quickly catching up to him. I mean, it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I really, really enjoyed the match, though. But it sucked, oh, I did. but I enjoyed it. But it sucked. I did as well. It was it was such a good watch. Mm-hmm. And I actually really liked how they ended it on episode 24, so that then we have episode 25 to kind of recuperate and set up the next season. Mm-hmm. So, because it leaves you with questions, because obviously the third year is like, you're debating on whether or not they're going to continue playing because they have exams and stuff. Like, normally... Third years only compete in the the first tournament of the year. They don't compete in the second tournament because they're going to be going into the workforce and they have, you know, entrance exams and all this crazy stuff. So in most sports animes, the third years don't compete in the second tournament. Mm-hmm. So in episode 25, as the tournament continues without Karasuno, um, our boys go back to school. And I thought that was also another thing that I really enjoyed about this episode was that it must be so weird to have this life-changing thing happen and to just have to go back to school the next day. Yeah, and the fact that it showed on all of them as well and they didn't just act like everything went back to normal. Yeah. That was that was good. Mm-hmm. But, like, everybody else doesn't care, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, their life it isn't affected. But to these boys, like, their entire world just came crashing down the day before. I know, mm. I thought it was it was really powerful and it, like, gave perspective onto just, like, how <laughs> how small things are to some people compared to how mm-hmm. big they are to others. Oh, agreed. 100%. Mm-hmm. And this is where our third years are also confronted with the idea of competing in the spring tournament um, and... Uh, the fact that like faculty advisors and like teachers and things are kind of getting on their case a little bit to to not compete and to focus on exams, mm-hmm. but they decide to do it anyways. They decide that they're going to compete, and they get the news as well that Josai lost in the finals, and so the the team that they lost to lost, and that kind of sucks as well. It's like well. We had such a hard time with them, and they lost. So how bad are we, you know? But you know the thing about it is, though, is that Alba did not lose by that much. No. They lost that set 25 to 23, so that other team is not that much better. No, yeah. And practice starts once again to end the season. They all start back up again. Yes. Yeah. So, overall thoughts, feelings, opinions, I want to know. Nine. I'm with you. If the OPs and EDs had been better, it would have been a solid nine and a half. Mm-hmm. But they were both largely forgettable. The ED animation on the second ED was good. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, they were largely forgettable. Yeah, I don't think they added or subtracted anything to the show. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it 100% deserves a nine because it absolutely hooked me. And did not want me to let go, which is why I rescheduled next week's topic. I was like, fuck it. We're going with season two. I need more. I need it now. It's really, really, really good. So I'm excited to watch more without a doubt. I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm excited to see where they're actually going to place in the Nationals qualifying tournament. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Yeah. What about you? I, uh, I I mean, I love it. I loved it the first time I watched it. I loved it just as much this time. I am excited to see what I haven't seen before. 
Mm-hmm. I've seen all of the second season, so this is rewatching for me. But um, I'm definitely going to continue watching everything, the movies, the OVAs, the lot. I'm going to get it done this time. I'm excited about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I want to see. I want to see our boys do well. I want to see um, more character growth. I want to see more awesome like tricks and stuff. I want to see. I would really. I don't. I, I don't know if I can consider this a spoiler because I know that it doesn't happen in the second season, and that's it. It might be a spoiler by elimination, <laughs> so I won't say anything. But like, there's a couple things that I would like to see happen throughout the series that uh, I would be ecstatic if they did happen. Hmm. Do you have any predictions for what you think is going to happen? Uh, they're going to play. Nekoma and Alba Josai in the qualifying and hopefully kick their asses. Nice. At the very least, Alba Josai. Because mm-hmm. now they got their win, so next tournament they're having their ass handed to them. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm excited to see how much more growth we're going to get out of Hinata and Kageyama mm-hmm. and how much better, because they're obviously being billed as the biggest unstoppable force in volleyball. Mm-hmm. So how much further can they go, especially as Hinata's technical ability continues to grow and grow and grow? Yeah, considering how many volumes of the manga there are, it makes me wonder how many school years it's based on, because they're first years right now. So I wouldn't be mad at reading them throughout their entire high school career, you know? I wonder if it's on Viz. Because I may start that in my spare time. Mm. It makes me and really if you curious. you want to start it as well, you have my login, so feel free. Yeah. So, plugs? Uh, I think so. I think we're already on plugs. Jeez. That was that was quick, surprisingly. It I'm, was. I'm, I'm shook. Is that what the kids say? Shook? Shaken? <laughs> Shooked? Shooketh. Ah, shooketh. <laughs> For we are back in olden days. For we are back when thy were shooketh. And Forsooth. Thus. Forsooth. And such. <laughs> forthwith we shall get f- uh, progressing on such things like uh, those plugs of ours. I saw a meme the other day. It was like, instead of that's what she said, it was, tis what she did proclaim. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's gold. <laughs> It's late. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yep. Okay. So plugs. Plugs. So the absolutely lovely voice that is accompanying me on this podcast, Blue, has a Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Blue Lavender. If you want to follow her there for whenever she does decide to start streaming again, you can find her there. She also has an Instagram and Twitter at Blue Lavender STM, where she posts artsy things, life updates, stream updates, all that other fun stuff. You can find her there. Also, she has an Instagram for her dog Tilly at the best Tilly Bean, to where if you like adorable doggo photos, go look there because they are adorable. Mm-hmm. And I'm not the only person here. There's a Brad over there too. So if you like him, you can find him on Twitch at Brad Carter Gaming. He's also on Instagram at Brad Carter Gaming. He also has um run. He is running our Twitch <laughs> and Instagram for BNB Anime at BNB Anime on all of the socials, possibly on TikTok in the near future. So be sure to look out for that and drop us a follow. And we may or may not post on there at some point within the coming time period. 
<laughs> uh, I don't know. It's a thing. It's a thing we've been talking about anyways. So I figured I'd say. But we also have a website where we do fun stuff like post all of these episodes and you can go and find our full archive on there as well along with downloadable links to all of the like where you'd find them on your general listening platforms. We also have background on Brad and I, uh, things of like friends on the podcast. Um, we have our like artwork and stuff's posted on there. It's a good time. Go check out the website. We also have a YouTube channel where we post all these episodes on YouTube with a comment section where we love to hear from you guys. Any questions that we ask throughout these episodes will, uh, we would love to hear from you guys in those comment sections on the YouTube video, as well as hit us up on like Twitter or like Instagram or whatever. Shoot us in those DMs if you have any recommendations of things that we should cover in the future or your opinions on what we said, because obviously we're just two like nerds that don't actually know anything about anime or film production or anything at all. We just like <laughs> like to anime and therefore we don't have any like professional opinions. So if you have an actual professional opinion or an another amateur opinion that you would like to share, feel free to like let us know what that is, because we'd love to hear from you. So, yeah, get that interaction going. We like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's everything. Sweet. So, next week, Haikyuu Season 2, because we couldn't wait. <laughs> so, look forward to that. But until then, we'll catch y'all next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.